Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Team 20, the International Trade Commission voted five to zero in favor, um, essentially saying that the domestic cabinet industry had been materially injured as a result of unfair trade. And that includes companies dumping product at below market value and the People's Republic of China subsidizing the industry with 20 different subsidies. It includes a lot more than just like, you know, um, labor that's um, very, very cheap, but also lots of other subsidies. And their MO, China's, is to go in at all costs, take over an industry, give it away. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. Welcome to Around the House Show. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us. You know, I have been in the kitchen cabin industry for about, geez, I'm going to date myself 30 years now, I think next month. And this is an organization that I have worked a lot with, whether I was on the design or the manufacturer side. And we're going to talk with the Kitchen Cabinet Manufacturers Association and Betsy Nats. Welcome to Around the House, Betsy. Well, thanks so much, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to just say thank you on behalf of the entire Kitchen Cabinet Manufacturers Association for giving us this opportunity to share a little bit about who we are. There is so much going on with you guys protecting the the consumer and the the cabinet manufacturers out there that are in everybody's neighborhood or around the corner. And you guys have been doing such a great job of fighting this battle on so many different fronts. Uh, Yes, we have. Indeed, and I'm happy to jump into our trade case if that's what you'd like me to do. Yeah, let's let's give a, a, a just a little bit about what you guys do out there. And a lot of people will maybe go, ah, oh, is that that sticker on the inside of my sink base cabinet? Yeah. So the Kitchen Cabinet Manufacturers Association was created almost 70 years ago by some real pioneers in the industry, many of whom you probably know, the Game family and the Wellborn family and the Marsh oh, yeah. family. And then, of course, later on, you've got the bells and, you know, and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So um, not soon after uh, the founding of the KCMA, those leaders in the industry on the board said, you know, we need to we need to make sure our cabinets stand the test of time. And so let's come up with a certification program that is as rigorous as, as it can possibly be. And if your company wants to participate, then you can certify into the program. And if you actually pass the rigorous certification testing, then you're allowed to carry our brand, our sticker on the inside of your basin kitchen cabinet, which is where it normally goes, uh, which where most companies place it. Uh, You're allowed to carry our seal on all your advertising in your dealers, with your designers, and all the various other channels, big boxes, Lowe's and Depot, who always look for these seals. And so the way that the, real quick, the way that that program works is that a third party goes in and randomly pulls a cabinet off the factory line, takes it, it to one of the, the, takes it to one of the three third party testing labs. They're not our testing labs. Mm -hmm. And then they test it and they do several tests, weight tests where they put weights on the door and open and shut the door 25,000 times or whatever the, 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 the program requires. They weight the drawers and open and shut those many times. Uh, the weight bearing test on the wall hung cabinets is 600 or more pounds of weight to make sure that you put, and I have very heavy dishes. Um, I always wondered, is that gonna, is that gonna fall? <laughs> right. is that gonna fall? 
Um, and then the spill test where, you know, you, uh, you're always concerned about spilling mustard or when my son was little, he spent, he, he spilled, uh, the egg dye from Easter Ooh, egg dye. That one makes you nervous. Our brand new country home cabinets. <laughs> and sure enough, it came out. But anyway, so they test it to mustard and all sorts of other uh, substances. Uh, we have a heat and humidity test to make sure that if you're shipping cabinets from an arid place, say in the Gulf uh, Coast of the U.S., up to somewhere, say in Minnesota, that it'll it, the cabinets won't you know warp or expand. And as you you know way more about wood than I do. It uh, has unique properties that way. And then um, edge banding test to make sure that the edge banding doesn't come off of those cabinets that are edge banded. And so many companies that have their cabinets tested the first time don't pass. Mm -hmm. And uh, 50% actually. And the first year you have to test twice. And then each year after that, an annual testing. And I can tell you that I just went and met with about 40 salespeople uh, last week in uh, in our industry. And I use that opportunity to talk about our certification program uh, as well as a trade case and ask for just a show of hands of how many knew about our program. All of them did. All of them asked for it. And then I went on to talk about our environmental stewardship program, which is another a major pillar. Yes, please. Uh, huge. KCMA and, uh, but on our certification program, both we have just started over the past couple of months, a major marketing effort, uh, that, uh, has reached now probably 600 different magazines and news outlets, um, whether it be architects, specifiers, builders, designers, dealers, distributors, big box stores, retailers. And, uh, we're really, uh, making a new concerted effort to really, uh, you know, make sure that as people are picking their cabinets, especially right now, as we're going into this serious economic downturn, mm-hmm. our, our, our consumers want to know that they're going to buy a cabinet that's going to last. So we're real proud of that program. As a matter of fact, John Game and I were emailing about it yesterday and he had said, he, he, he said, you know, it really is the crown jewel of the KCMA. And I said, can I, can I use that? Can I use that? <laughs> so here you go, Eric. That is awesome. Yeah. What is that? That is a one, six, one point one. If I remember right. Impressive. It is. It's, it's <laughs> to the ANSI American national standards yep. Institute program. Yeah, exactly. So we're and, proud of that program. And you should, because I don't know how many times, you know, I've been in the design and, and cabinet world, you know, for way too long. And, you're right. I mean, I could order cabinets from, and I'm in Portland, Oregon. I could order, you know, cabinets from Anniston, Alabama, from Paul Wellborn. He's going to send up from Clay County to my house and not worry about them being a warped piece of mess when it got here. Yeah. And, and you know, vice versa, you know, you could yeah. order something from, you know, out of your friends at Belmont or yep. uh, who ship it to the, to a cold part of the country or, you know, so exactly. it is, it's a, it's a real important uh, program, and we have 150 cabinet companies that are members of KCMA. The other 150 supply to our industry, so they're paints and coatings or wood products or, you know, hardware yeah. hinge knobs and so on. And we have about – we have some some non-members in the program. I think we're about 170 companies nice. that certify into our program, so it's uh, it's impressive. And it's a lot of the names that you know out there. That's the good part. So it's it's something that's very important. Look for that if you're out shopping for cabinets. That means that it's past that standard and uh, you're looking good on that part. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, the, the legislation side before we get over to the ESP, uh, Environmental Stewardship Program. Legislation has been such a big deal, even more so over the last number of years, because you guys have been going to war in trying to defend the American cabinet industry. We sure have, Eric. You know, when I started seven years ago and I had come from, you know, my background working for Ronald Reagan and then I worked in the Senate for a couple of members of the Senate and then went on and for 
25 years ran Petrochemical Association. So when I started here seven years ago, um, it was a whole different landscape. Uh, and the first thing I did was I went around, I started meeting with companies and their executives. And what I heard was there was a lot of rumblings about China and the concern about uh, the industry's loss of market share. And so that was uh, early in 16, January. And so by the early 17, I started, I worked with a group of companies that you know very well. There are about seven of us, seven mm -hmm. of them and me. And the first thing I did was I reached out to John Bassett III, JB3. If you don't know about, you, I'm sure you do know about John. Yep. Read his book, Factory Man, went down to Galax, invited him to speak at our meeting in Ponte Vedra Beach earlier that year. Started meeting with the Trump administration, Wilbur Ross and Peter Navarro and so on and so forth. And uh, there are a lot of different trade remedy laws out there. There's the 301s, the 201s, the 232s, and they're all aimed at different things. Yeah. And yeah. so I knew nothing about trade, as you can imagine. I sure. lobbied a lot with EPA and OSHA and FDA. But, um, and so in early 17, I started looking at which trade remedy law would be best for us. And so it was clear that the, the law that had the most teeth and the most staying power were was called the anti-dumping countervailing duty law. And so what that is, is it is um, a statute within the, 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 the U.S. law that says you can file cases if you believe and have substantial data to support it. If you believe that the domestic U.S. industry, in our case, kitchen cabinets, component parts thereof, um, have uh, been materially injured, your industry, as a result of unfair trade. And so we started looking into that. And what we found out was that we had lost, the domestic cabinet industry had lost 40% market share from 2016 to 2018 to China. Wow. And so I hired a law firm for, as a matter of fact, and we've Found the right, found the right one when we filed March the sixth of twenty nineteen. I will tell you that an industry has to practically be on life support, hanging by their fingernails, before you can file, because you have to show that the previous three years, which they call the period of investigation, that there is not material, or that there is either a threat to injury or that the actual the industry has actually been injured as a result of this unfair trade. So you file two petitions, you file one at the Department of Commerce and you file one at the International Trade Commission and you have to win at both places. And so the International Trade Commission spends 13 months, we filed on the 6th of March, 2019, and hearings, and I just can't even tell you what went into you know leading up to filing and then that year, that followed the, the, the amount of work and resources was truly unbelievable. And it cost us about $4 million. And for a trade association, that's revenue is 2 million, 2 million a year. You can imagine. So before, yeah. So while I'm on that tangent, you know, let wow. me just say that here we are in the United States of America and in order to keep your industry and not lose it in this case to China, you have to, you have to go to say that you have to go through hoops is is such an understatement um and to protect your own industry and your workers we represent 250,000 american workers 40% minority underserved mm -hmm. communities single women many whose jobs and livelihood and their families livelihood depends upon it um to to just be able to stay in business. Otherwise, you go the way of furniture, textiles, toys. The list goes on and on and on. Oh, it's a massive our, list. We have given our manufacturing base to China and other Asian countries um, because of flawed laws. And you know, people might like not like to hear what I'm saying, but it's the truth. The laws that that, that absolutely um, favor other countries and not ours. So anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump on the soapbox here. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I mean, 
and I'll take it even a step further. There, there is no reason why a trade organization who is out there defending the American worker should have to sit there and spend $4 million to help an industry that's already on life support to be able to do that. I mean, it's not like you guys had 4 million bucks sitting around as an organization. That's a couple years of, of budget. That should uh, be something I, if, the, yeah, it, they should have been able where you come in and say, okay, here's our report. This is what's going on. And if they were doing their job that these people are supposed to be doing, they should be able to take that ball and run with it and not do the opposite of what they've been doing. And we can talk about a, a, a remedy that we we're just exploring or we just started to work on recently to your point, but absolutely. And the 4 million was for that year. We spent, yeah. we spent a lot of money leading up to that year and we're two and a half years post, which, so we're 6 million in and yeah. a lot of that, at least for the initial case was self-funded. So you had wonderful 50 amazing domestic manufacturers that said, you know, the view is worth the climb here. We're going to ship where we believe in, we believe in America. Who had already lost 40% of their business and still turned around and wrote that check. Yeah. And it, and it was not cheap, but so you no. file, you know, so you file with part of commerce who looks at the tariff margins. I'll keep it simple. Yeah. And yeah. then the international trade commission who at the time had five commissioners and they are rotating and they're nine year, they're nine year um, appointments. And so you had Biden, you had a Bush guy, a Trump guy, and maybe a couple Biden. Uh, I mean, yeah. Obama, sorry. Yep. Obama. I get those confused sometimes, but anyway, um, and so in the end, in March of 2020, the International Trade Commission voted five to zero in favor, um, essentially saying that the domestic cabinet industry had been materially injured as a result of unfair trade. And that includes companies dumping product at below market value and the People's Republic of China subsidizing the industry with 20 different subsidies. It includes a lot more than just slave, you know, um, labor that's um, very, very cheap but also lots of other subsidies. And their MO, China's, is to go in at all costs, take over an industry, give it away. I mean, more yeah, than give yeah. it away. And then once you've taken over the industry, just jack up the prices. And so then at the Department of Commerce, Commerce said, um, so here are the the they call them margins, but here are the tariffs that we're going to put in place. So they put in place for dumping 5% for a company called Ancient Tree, and then they applied total adverse facts available at the highest rate to Daly and Meissen at 262%. And then those companies that cooperated got 100%, um, which is in the middle of the two. And yep. then um, the companies that cooperated got a 50% and that's on the dumping and they're about 25% on countervail. So this, the, the lowest amount that any company was given with those combined tariffs was about 70% all the way up to 400% or whatever. Yeah. And then if you add President Trump's 301s, you're at a hundred percent at the lowest and then way up. So what, yeah. so what that did from when the orders were put in place in April of 2020 until this past April, um, I mean, the industry just exploded. Not only did they gain that market share back and then some. And so it was the largest trade case ever filed in U.S. history against one country. And our, our industry just flourished. Pelmont mm -hmm. expanded. Country Wood Products expanded. Yeah. Um, you know, Wellborn expanded, Wellborn good on the expanded. list, yeah. It just goes on and on and on. And uh, Showplace out in you know, Sioux Falls. Anyway, yep. so then what happens is at the end of each year, the Department of Commerce does an annual review every year. Right. So at the end of 2021, in, a, at, in April of 2021, they started this whole annual review process that takes a year. 
And so in April of this year, the Department of Commerce came out with its preliminary findings on the first annual review for all the companies that had filed a request to, to be reviewed. Long story short, Commerce gave one company a zero, QFUSE and you, um, and then uh, applied total adverse facts available to Beauty Star at 251%. And then they said the, the 15 companies that cooperated, the 15 companies that they didn't look at, yeah. they're going to give a zero two two. What? And the way that the statute reads is really what you're supposed to do, or, or clearly the best option is to take the company that got zero and the one in this case that got 251 and you average. And so for those mm-hmm. 15 other companies, they get 125. Yeah. So they, they come out with this prelim. In April, we spend or May, June, July, August, September, October, you know, working with our friends on Capitol Hill, Republicans and Democrats. It's not a bipartisan issue and it's not bicameral issue. Senate, House, uh, unions weighed in, former governor and senator and close friends of Mr. Biden, Evan Bayh op-eds in Newsweek all over the country, interviewed on radio. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on, appealing to the U.S. government to not give these 15 companies a zero because not only will they ship in at zero, all their friends will ship in through yep. their name. Yep. It creates a huge funnel. So yep. here you we just are. open the door, basically. So here we spent all this time and effort money. We finally got back to where we should have been in on our own soil, selling our own domestic product. And look, our companies will tell you, and you know this, Eric, they can compete all day long with, the, with you know, Marsh, with Wellborn, with whomever, as long as there's a level playing field. And that's what it always been. And, you know, you don't always win every bid or every house sure, kitchen, sure. but, you know, you know that you did it based on some small margin. Not when I went into the White House with a group of members, we took in two cabinets, one Chinese, one domestic, identical and not identical in finishes, wood inputs, slides, everything. Yeah. The Chinese cabinet was a hundred. The domestic cabinet was three hundred. You can strap, you strip out labor. You can strip out material. You can't get to that no. price point. And so, anyway, in there on final determination, and this was this crushed the industry a week and a half ago. Commerce came out and said we're going to side with China. We are we we have we've made a decision to side with the People's Republic of China. Uh, appalling, really appalling. So, and you know, our industry is extremely concerned about it, and you know, so we look for the second annual. We could appeal, but appeals take a year, two, or three. But we're already in the second annual review. We yeah. could be. In the, Oh, and then it's we like get the to look, sloths are running the process, right? And then we get to look forward to the five-year sunset review, which is a whole nother ADCD oh. case. It's a whole nother petition process, which costs another couple million dollars. But anyway, so that's what's going on on that front. But what happens, um, you know, when you file, and we, we cut off China. China went from $4.5 billion to $60 million a year. Done. Yep. Until... Just wait till next month's trade data. It'll be different. But what's happened is we've seen the rest of the world, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Mexico in particular, go like this. So China's gone sure. like this. They've gone like this. And so, you know, we get tips and leads saying, you know, we know that this company X is taking product and they're shipping, trans-shipping through a third country and they're shipping in. So we filed five EPA allegations to Customs and Border Protection, which is called um, defined as the Enforcement and Protect Act. And so four have finalized. They take about 18 months and a lot of money. We won three. We, well, we won four. Yeah. Um, three in the final preliminary, very solid cases, the Chinese appealed and the higher ups at customs and border protection overturned and went wow. to favor China. And so we have one, one, we won one, but 
we just won that one. And so they could appeal that too. And what's crazy about these, and if you look at the, the first annual review, is that this is happening at the very highest levels of government. So it's the head of the ADCVD unit, which is a Biden appointee. Her boss is Secretary of Commerce, Ramindo. They all, they, they, they were sent letters from their colleagues on the Hill and friends and so on and so forth. So this wasn't made at some bureaucrat level. Yeah, this is all appointed people that don't work in the industry, that don't do this typically from day to day. They're people that, hey, guess what I get to do for four years or two years or whatever their stint is in that position. Well, I can tell you this by working in this town for 35 years or whatever it's been and being a native that um, the only administration that I've ever known to stand up to China was the Trump administration. The Mm -hmm. only one. And that means Democrats, Republicans, the whole shebang. And, uh, you know, it is just very, very sad. But anyway, the other thing we're doing and the last thing I'll talk about on trade is our petitions um, against China for transshipping and circumventing the orders through Vietnam and Malaysia. And so this is called... There are petitions that you file at the Department of Commerce. They are anti-evasion scope and circumvention petitions. And so essentially the burden is placed on the U.S. government, in this case, the Department of Commerce, to essentially go in country in Malaysia and Vietnam and say to these companies that are shipping into the U.S., you have to prove that the products that you're shipping in, be it flat packs or component parts thereof that are in the scope of this ADCVD um, are coming into the United States legitimately and are not originating from China. And so we we filed that case and we had two companies that were not happy with that. And I'll get back to that. And then the, then the hardwood plywood decision came out that was just, just the same um, uh, trade remedy law they used and theirs just came out their decision came out august before ours ours won't be out until january march and essentially one of our large companies said who had been with us through thick and thin said that a supplier or more i don't know um but i know they said one supplier that they were purchasing from they domestically being the importer record, the Department of Commerce said that they were not going to certify them, that they believed that they were either straight transshipping or sending the product through Vietnam, doing some minor third country processing and then shipping it in. And so then this company became very concerned because the concern that the three companies had have is that during the certification process for flat packs, RTAs, component parts, as that process moves through, these three companies are concerned that their suppliers might get dinged and that they may be on the hook to pay these tariffs as the importers of record. Now, one could say, if you know your suppliers, as everyone should, then you you would make sure that those products are originating from, in this case, Malaysia or Vietnam, and not coming from China. Their point was that we are quite sure of our supply chain and that these companies either didn't fill the paperwork out correctly or left a blank or I, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> and so, and that could very well be true. I'm, I'm not here to... Uh, make a judgment call either way. But I will say that the three companies came to me and to the board uh, starting in August and said, look, you got to drop your petitions because we're concerned. And so it was a very long three months. The board met in October in Sioux, Fa- Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And the, the motion was on the board on the screen that to uh, drop 
the petitions against Vietnam and uh, Malaysia. And the board, after a lot of very thoughtful deliberation, said in a vote of 12 to 3, we're not going to do that. We're going to stand with the domestic industry. And um, and so they left. They actually got up and walked out of the board meeting. As a matter of fact, one of the companies was supposed to give a plant tour. We had 300 people sitting there waiting for a plant tour the day after that. And um, they said, we're not opening our plant to you now. So we show place was fabulous. They went in there. They're they're, rock stars in there. They are. I love those guys. They are top notch. And then our staff person, Chuck, figured out how to reconfigure the buses. And we just went on all three show places, frame, frameless and door plant, and then went up to Sisseton to Woodland. And it worked out beautifully. But um, and so I hope the companies will come back. But we did have an occasion to meet with the members over those three days in Sioux Falls. And we shared with them Perry Miller the president of KCMA's board Mm -hmm. and I shared with the membership what had happened and the support from every member there was overwhelming. You did the right thing for the industry. Thank you for defending the industry. And so it, uh, we'll see how it turns out uh, in the end. But the one thing I will say is this, is that, you know, we were talking about our certification program and it has such history and widespread recognition that one of the companies that pulled out of the KCMA, one of the three large companies, um, I guess they were upset with the decision. So they've decided to go out and create a competing certification program to the KCMA's program. And I don't know how they're going to build credibility if they're the only one in the certification program. But um, that seems hokey to me, in my personal opinion. Well, I think it's I think it's really too bad to use, you know, to go to that level. You know, that's crazy. And decisions don't always go your way. I mean, I know in my life, I'd love for everything to go my way. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, in in my opinion, and this is not a KCMA opinion, so I want to make really clear what I'm saying here is those companies that bailed, um, I've worked with some of them before, and they were bringing in a lot of parts from overseas that they were assembling here in the U.S. So where the other members were taking parts in, they were cutting them in a house, these guys were getting containers of cut parts. Maybe they were shipping their materials overseas to be cut, but it tells you how cheap it was when you can take material, ship it all the way across the Pacific Ocean, Cut it, ship it all the way back, and it's cheaper than running you through your saw. That should tell you something right there. So, and you know this, having been in the industry so much longer than, than I have, but assembly is 5% of the cost of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. All the value add, they're taking over these, not, you know, not yeah. just pointing to these companies, but all the value add when you're doing that is taking place we're giving all that money, all those jobs to another country. They come in here and then, you know, it's just assembling stock cabinetry is what it yeah. is. And I have seen, we have seen huge, if you've just watched the news, industry news, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of these companies are moving towards stock cabinetry. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what's happening here with this. And I think, I think that we're going to start seeing more and more as we keep, you know, educating the public out there with some of this stuff and, and what they're getting. And I'm hoping with, with the stuff through all the COVID and everything else that the public really starts going, okay, I want to really know what I'm putting inside my house. You know, I had an episode that uh, we aired a little bit ago that some of the, you know, some of the cabinets that were coming in from China it was coming in as birch, but being shipped out as maple. So, so as well, crazy yeah, as so, that is, right? So that's Dalian Mycin. Mm-hmm. And essentially Dalian Mycin had, were the, they're the company that got total adverse facts available in the initial case. And they were shipping in cabinets telling the customers that they were maple. And in fact, they were birch. 
And so they got dinged on that. They appealed to the Court of International Trade in New York. And the judge said, well, wait, you were just deceiving your customers. Then you ought to take it to the Federal Trade Commission or the, you know, whatever the agency is that handles false claims or, but yeah. we are the agency that handles, uh, you know, trade related issues. And in this case, Navy CBD. And so they remanded back to commerce. But what's funny, and I wish, you know, you could talk to our lawyer because I'm not a lawyer. No, that's okay. But, but the, the thing, the funny thing about that particular case is that it's not, it was not just deceiving the consumer because what the, Department of Commerce does is they have to figure out um, values, quantities mm-hmm. and values. And if the price that they're looking at when they're doing all their calculations is maple, but the reality oh, is yeah. the product is birch, then the product is way overvalued. So that the, you know, you, you look and you see, well, you know, they're not dumping it cheap because, you know, you know, uh, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but no. Um, so you know, so it, it, the the judge was actually, I'm going to say he was incorrect, and yeah. Congress is defending itself. But that it's it was more than just deception. It was the way with which Commerce has to calculate it to have a, a, an apples to apples comparison. So. Yeah, there could have been a 20% difference there between whatever the current wood pricing was between that birch and that maple. So that could have that could have protected that Chinese company by 20% on their costs just because of the, oh, we're not actually bringing in maple, we're bringing in birch. Exactly. Yeah, that's just... That's wild to me. And, you know, somebody, and, and I, what I feel bad is, is if, if a, a homeowner goes down and goes, okay, I've been looking at three different brands of cabinets and I want cabinet A, cabinet B, cabinet C, and I'm looking at maple and wow, this one's so much cheaper. In their uneducated mind of the cabinet business, they go, oh, well, it's maple. It'll, it'll go great. But unfortunately they were getting something that might not have even been maple. You're right about that. Yeah. Ah, uh, so what do we see on the in the future with this? I mean, uh, you know, you guys have a long road ahead of slugging through this, of course. But I hope that we can get some new people in there. Hopefully, one of these days, to you know, by the time we get through this, to to hopefully change this around. Because man, it seems like there's a the land of bad decisions at the top right now on this stuff. Well, I um, I agree with you. I think that. Um and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it would lead anyone else to any other conclusion when you are favoring a regime like China over our own domestic industry, where we have it's 250,000 jobs who are, and these jobs are in rural America. I mean, you take Welburn cabinets out of the mix, um, who are, you know, close to Welburn Forest and, and others mm-hmm. right there. I mean, you know, Clay County, rural Alabama, I don't even know. I think the closest place of employment is like Walmart, 45 minutes away. But what do these people do for jobs? And beyond that, you look at the tax base that that creates. And just picking on Wellborn, they have daycare for their workers. Yep. They have a on-site wellness, on-site wellness center with nurses and a doctor that comes in. Got a and gym. Gym. They have, gym. They School have buses. Um, it's crazy. Hot lunches. They provide transportation. I mean, you know, it's not the, the, the and these are not low tech industries. These are, you know, you know this again better than the I The Wellborns, do. the Wellborns cafeteria is the largest food service in Clay County. Think about that. <laughs> and that's I true because Paul told there. me that. <laughs> I love her cooking. Oh, yeah. But, it, it, but so where do we go? I mean, sadly, um, you know, we just have to keep slogging it out. And frankly, you know, we're going to have to wait for a new administration, in my view. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, let's jump into something more positive here because I'm still bummed about that. But uh, <laughs> Environmental Stewardship Program, ESP. This is fun stuff. I remember when this first came out because – 
I was selling and designing cabinets a lot. I just stopped working at a manufacturer and it was really cool to see a program because it was all over the board on what green was, right? And there was no program for it. So Chuck Arnold, who's our vice president of um, standards and certification, is much better versed in both of these programs than I do. Sure. He lives and breathes it every day. So that you're right. It, it was um, first launched in 2006. So that's what, 17 years. Jeez. And um, the way that it works is there it's a point system and, you know, be it environmental regulations or, you know, energy or, you know, recycling or community involvement. And I, I don't have the various, um, I don't have the point structure in front of me, but there is a possible 110 points. And if you can get 80, then you can carry our seal. But it is not easy to get those 80 points. And you have to provide Chuck with a very thorough documentation um, that, uh, you know, proves that you are doing all these things that you're saying, say you're doing. And so um, that's another great program and another program we're very proud of. And, um, and I, you know, I think that, uh, I think that, I think that the consumer, many of the consumers do look for uh, an environmentally sound products. I do worry a little bit about greenwashing. Sure. You know, where, you know, um, but one of our newest, one of our newest, um, it's not a program. We hired a firm who is very credible in the field of carbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he put together a paper for us, which essentially says that, um, and he had already been working with the Composite Panel Association, a couple of our members, but says that wood products, and in particular, in this instance, kitchen cabinetry, sequesters a lot more carbon than it ever puts off in the production process. And it keeps sequestering uh, carbon through the life of the cabinet. And so it's a very, it's a great carbon positive message. So we are just starting to really promote that as well. Yeah. Um, to, to the public. I what mean, I liked about the ESP program is it wasn't just, hey, I'm putting in green plywood. You know what I mean? It's It really jumped into where the manufacturer, you know, has to have a documented energy conservation program. You know, they've got to have all the right declarations. They've got to have all the waste management. I mean, it's not just a, ooh, we're using a water-based finish and we've got some really cool plywood, off we go. There's a lot right. more to it. You are right about that. And it's, um, you know, we have been just very, very steady with that program. And I don't know how many companies participate, but I would say most of our, especially our our, our semi-custom to custom, it seems like that's the audience that, you know, oftentimes yeah. really looks for that uh that seal in this case so yeah it's it's cool i mean it does obviously cost a little more to produce you know because as always is you know when you when you have to go into that detail it costs a little more to produce but you sure get a lot back out of it and that's the the cool part but unfortunately if we get back into the legislation stuff none of that's happening on these imported cabinets at all so this is a, a really good thing here and one of the thing i wanted to note about that whole thing about people dodging the uh, the tariffs and things, I saw this happen in the kitchen countertop industry with the Chinese courts. Uh, I was working with a company that I won't name, and they got hit with the tariffs out of China on the countertops. And the day that hit, they bought a place in Southeast Asia, and within a week and a half to two weeks, that whole place was packed up and moved down there all the employees, all the stuff, everything got moved down there so they could get around that. But it was the same price. It was the same, you know what I mean? They just, they didn't change, but they went, oh, cool, we're moving. Yeah. So our friend um, who I've met with a couple of times, Marty Davis, CEO of Cambria, uh, is, as you know, the, the, the person that filed that 
case. Initially, yep. it was China. Then it went on to India and Turkey and some others. Uh, filings, but um, Luke Meisner, who is our attorney with Chagrin Associates, is their attorney as well. As a matter of fact, that's how I got to know Luke was through Marty Davis, um, and they've been very, very successful in fighting back unfair trade. And so I'm uh, so happy to hear that. And a lot of a lot of our companies, when you go into their showroom, it might be I have to start picking on another company. It might be Dura Supreme. Yep. And um, and I'm not saying that they do this or not because I can't remember. But in their showroom, they'll have their cabinets with all the Cambria samples. Yep. And um, I've seen that in a lot of places. Um, so it's uh, it's been a, I think there's a great partnership there yeah. where, where, they are, where they are by and by American. And, you know, the unfortunate thing and I I you know, it's just drives me crazy all the time is you go on to Amazon and you cannot find the country of origin until the product hit, hits your steps. Yeah. And so there was very serious country of origin legislation, which I was very supportive of, mm-hmm. which would require these online um, outlets to show and clearly indicate where the product was made. Well, you've got a very large retail lobby in Washington, maybe the largest. And so with the Walmarts and the Amazons and, you know, the big ones, and they fought vigorously against country of origin legislation. So it's just gone. Yeah. And I will say this, and this is, again, me speaking, not KCMA speaking. So if you walk into a home center right now and you look at the cabinet brands that are in most of the two big, big box retailers out there, and if you look around at those cabinet companies, their entry level, mid-grade cabinet stuff a lot of that stuff is not machined in the U.S. That's the stuff I'm talking about that's coming in in containers and they're going down the assembly line and go in that direction. So for our consumers yeah, out there, that's where that is. I, I agree with you uh, again. So I just I just want to I just want to educate the consumers out there because there are so many great American cabinet companies that are lots of great people. They treat their employees so well. I mean. I can tell you so many people that I've talked to in the cabinet industry that are in there on the assembly line that are putting stuff together every week and the the success stories of the single moms raising four kids and the company is helping them along and doing all the things that they need to do. I don't want to see that go away. Thank you. I know that uh, our, our members are fighting hard and they're really fighting for their companies and their employees. And, you know, it is not an exaggeration. All you have to do is look at that part of Virginia, North Carolina. It's annihilated. And so what China did, and John Bassett will tell you this, is that they come in and they, you know, go to the manufacturers and they say, hey, look, you know, we can manufacture your your table cheaper and we can send it in and you can make more profit. All you have to do is shut your company down and get rid of all your employees, which is what a lot of companies did. John Bassett fought. My advice to everybody out there and uh, I'll let you give your two cents here too, Betsy, but make sure when you're out shopping for that cabinet, for your new house, for your new remodel, whatever you're doing out there, ask a few questions, take a look for that KCMA stamp, make sure that, you're getting what you're paying for out there because so many of these RTA cabinets out there, um, they raise my warning lights on with some of the materials coming in there. And I just want everybody to really be able to one, support American industry and two, get something that's healthy and going in your home that you know where it came from. You know, I couldn't have said it better, um, Eric. And the other thing I'd say is, you know, look for, look, look for the seals, look for, these companies that are American made. If you're wondering who our members are, just go to our website and there's a company search, but also, you know, as you engage in um, with your congressional, local state, congressional, federal legislators, Mm -hmm. you know, this is important when you have opportunities, if you see them or if you, you you know, have an opportunity and would like to write to them, just express how important it is um, for you that we protect not only the cabinet industry, 
but all domestic industries here in the U.S. So, yeah, thank you so much, Eric. No problem. It's so funny. I was thinking about how many over the last 30 years, how many KCMA cabinet companies I've been through, like Dura Supreme, Canyon Creek, Crystal, Wellborn. I haven't been through Country Wood Products. You know, Belmont, I helped. I was on their executive committee for a while. So the, the list goes on and on. You know, Crystal, I've worked kitchen with. Contact. I Have mean, been to um, Showplace. Yep, exactly. It's it's funny. I mean, I I used to go to on the pheasant hunts with Dura Supreme. They'd fly us out, out and, and do that. So, yeah, yeah, we did we did one. We have some funny pictures we could show you. Did a hunt uh, with Showplace uh, back not too yep. long ago, but uh, they're a wonderful group of members, and the large majority of this industry really are family owned, family operated, multi generation companies who, um, you know, who not only their livelihoods depend on this industry surviving, but all their employees, you look at, you know, you look at some of these companies, they employ 700, 1,000, 1,500 employees or more. Yeah. I'll tell you one quick story before we go that was interesting. And I was at the Kitchen of Bass show one year. And I was literally standing in the Wellborn booth talking with Paul Wellborn and his kids and Angela and them were there as, you know, hanging out right at the beginning of the show. And one of the security guards comes up and says, Mr. Wellborn, notice this? And he goes, yeah, that's our big, huge, thick idea book because it had their picture on the back. Oh, no. Somebody had reprinted it and it was in the... Chinese cabinet section over there and they were selling the cabinets using the printed book where they shipped off the Wellborn book had it a hundred percent copied down to the family picture in the back because I was standing there and looked at it and all they did is put a new cover on it and it was a hundred percent copied and they were trying to find designers they'll do anything and there's no recourse yep it's just out of control, out of control. Betsy, thank you for all you do for the cabin industry and the American workers out there, you and the KCMA. Great to sit thank down and so talk much. to you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And um, again, thanks for having us. And if you ever want to bring myself back or one of our members, let me know. and We'd be happy to do that, Eric. Thank you for the time. We'll, we'll do it again. I'm Eric G. And you've been listening to... Around the house. Undiscovered. Anyway, I'll be on the mean. Love is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my hand, I know where to go. All over the radio with you. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.